0: All right, Pittsburgh, this is the Death Star here, and you are listening to MMA FanCast. Tune in. Oh, <laughs> baby, what time is it? You're listening to MMA FanCast. Here are your hosts, Jim Mooney and Luke Pearson. Welcome to the show. My name is Luke, and today we are joined by Dylan Harnish. Dylan, welcome to the show. I know you just got back from training, so uh, fill us in. How was tonight's training for you?
1: Uh, good. Tonight was uh, wrestling night. Eric Strasser was teaching wrestling. We were going over uh, single leg entries and uh, got to do that for about an hour and a half. And then uh, we did some kickboxing sparring.
0: Very nice. And you are about a month, a little under a month away from 247 Fighting Championships. You're going to be fighting on the second night of fights, which is November 28th. Your amateur MMA record is 2-0. And you're going to be fighting Alan Liu, whose amateur MMA record is also 2-0. What's it like to be matched for the first time in MMA since March when that fight got canceled last minute because of COVID?
1: It's exciting. Uh, you know, I was getting desperate. I was trying to find anything. I took a boxing fight at 160 pounds. So uh, I'm, I'm glad to be able to put the little gloves on and get back in the cage.
0: Well, we will get to that boxing fight that you had September 19th here in a second because it's a... It's a good development for you, and obviously it shows how eager you are to fight, but um, your first trip out to the Pittsburgh area was, I guess, not ended the way you wanted it to. Kind of kind of relive those sad moments a little bit for us. I, I got to see it at the weigh-in, and everything was good. The whole event was going to be incredible, um, and then the morning of the fight got canceled by the state, so talk to me kind of about how that was for you on March the 14th.
1: You know, we're sitting there, uh, in the weigh-ins and you can look through the little window in the hockey rink and you see the cage getting set up and the chairs being put out. So you're just sitting there thinking like, oh, I can't wait for tomorrow. Once you weigh in, this is over with, you get to fight. And then, uh, around 11 o'clock on Saturday morning, you get a text telling you, Hey, no fans. So you got to call my family and friends that were coming in six hours, uh, already, some of them already in the car about to leave the house and tell them that they can't, can't come. So, uh, you know, now, uh, when you look back at it, you're, you, you would kill the fight in front of nobody. Yeah. But at the time you're like, oh man, like, you know, I really wish people would be here. I wish people could see what I like my performance. But uh when you look back at it, you, you, you take any fight now, but uh then a couple hours passed by and then they cancel the fights completely. And uh, I remember after, uh, after they canceled the fights, me, Eric and uh, his wife, Lauren and Mike, we were driving around, you know, we stopped to get something to eat. And at this time you didn't know what was going on. You just, you know, it was, it was a lot scarier then than it is now. Yeah. And we were driving around and we seen uh, like state police cars and like armored vehicles with like uh, the tractor or like the trailers with horses and stuff. And I'm like, man, we're going to get stuck in Pittsburgh. I'm like, the whole world is really shutting down. We're, we're going to be stuck here for days, months, who knows? And uh, eventually, you know, we we made it home and a couple months went by and finally you could get back in the gym and here we are now.
0: Yeah. It'll be a fun story to tell your kids, you know, 25 30 years from now but for now it's kind of a weird part to live through um but for training you mentioned getting back into training uh what's your current home gym um and kind of what's it been like during corona to still train
1: uh you know it's i started uh right before the boxing fight uh, i was out in sacramento at team alpha male for two weeks and uh you know they did everything they could with the corona stuff and then uh finally we were able to open at Midworld Martial Arts and uh mm-hmm. ran by Eric Strasser and we've we've just been hitting the gym 6 7 days a week you know sometimes I'll go to get different looks like at Team Vicious or uh Atlas Pennsylvania they have a boxing gym Frank Kane him and Eric were in my corner for the boxing fight so I'm just whoever's open and has bodies you know that's where I want to be but uh my home gym is Midworld Martial Arts in Bloomsburg Pennsylvania
0: Yeah that's great that you're still connected to a home gym for you a lot of guys are talking about the benefits of training at a gym that knows you for a long time that you can really develop a relationship obviously you went to the other side um, of the country to get kind of the different experience going to a big gym that's world famous team alpha male and I know from photos that you got to meet both Uriah Faber and Cody Garbrandt I'm sure a bunch of others so kind of walk us through first off how did you get that opportunity how did that even work out to be able to fly. That was at the peak of Corona. So kind of walk us through just getting yourself out there and then, and then we'll go from there.
1: Uh, they have a program called train with Tam. Uh, so, you know, you go on the website. uh there's a guy named Dave. He runs it. Um, he started it with Uriah decades ago. People like Henry Cejudo and stuff did the same program. And uh, you know, I got in touch with Dave and uh, i set up dates that I was supposed to be there. And that, that was the first time I ever flew. So I was a little nervous just jumping on a plane and, uh, flying out to Sacramento by myself. And I'm like, oh, man. But once I finally got there, it's, you know, you settle in. I got there at like 10 o'clock uh, West Coast time. I ran to the grocery store real quick. They have a little house on the side of Dave's house, Uh, three beds and a bathroom and a shower. Um, It was kind of shell at First, you get there, you know, the first day it's like, oh, my God, here's Uriah, here's Cody, here's Andre Feely. And then after the first day you meet them, you're like, man, they're here doing the same thing I'm doing. Uh, so as days went by, you know, you get more comfortably come accustomed to people. I made a couple of friends out there that I stay in contact with now. Um, but it's, you know, I was there for two weeks, twice a day, five days of the week, only two days. Uh, it was only one day, but, uh, you know, it's just going out there and seeing all these high level athletes and me being able to hold my own and not get completely demolished by high level pros. You know, it's, it's, I, I, I knew I was good at this or I wouldn't be doing it, but when I see like the levels and, uh, the different levels around me. And then you go out there and you see all the high level pros and you know, they're not, they're not tapping me out. They're not giving me concussions and knocking my head around. I'm holding my own. So that was a real confidence booster coming back home.
0: Yeah. I can imagine that's a huge confidence booster. What was your favorite um, experience in the gym as far as like a drill, a technique, um, um, a sparring, a wrestling, a jujitsu? What was the thing that stands out on the mats the most?
1: Um, well, on Wednesdays, on wrestling days, this, I mean, it's not really a drill; it's a fun thing. But your uh, eye runs a dodgeball. He plays dodgeball, uh, so we were out there before wrestling days, and I'm looking around, and I played baseball as a kid and stuff. And I'm looking around at all these high-level UFC fighters. I'm like, man, none of these people can throw a ball. And uh, I'm out, I'm out there whipping balls all around, and they're like, I want this kid on my team, you know. And that's how we became friends with most of the people. And then, uh, but outside of that, they do a lot of, you know, it's a lot of MMA drills, um, like striking to set up takedowns. It's a wrestle-heavy gym. Um, I got an MMA, like Uriah was my favorite fighter um when I started watching. So it's you know, that's why I wanted to go out there. And plus it's a bunch of little people, like 35ers and 45ers and stuff. So uh getting my size, just different body shapes and different skill sets. Uh, but they were a lot of high-paced, you know, pedal to the floor the whole time. And uh there was a people, Cody was doing uh he was riding the stationary bike and uh he wasn't practicing that day. And we were out practicing, we were doing strikes to set up a takedown. And uh, he was just sitting there watching and he uh he came out and he got took his shoes off, came on the mat, and he's like, Look, you guys, you guys aren't keeping pace. Like uh people would strike to a takedown and then they would turn around and lollydag and you know, wait for the next person to set up. He's like, Treat this like a fight. Um he he just wanted the same pace, like no, no breaks, you know, keep the same pressure, keep the same intensity as you would in a fight. In a fight, if you don't get a takedown, you're not gonna turn around and walk away and wait for that person to make their move. So it's just real cool seeing you know, a UFC champion come out there and give his two cents in the situation to a group of people that he's higher than um, in the rankings and stuff like that. He doesn't need to give his two cents, but he just wants to see everybody succeed. So it was real nice. Uh, everybody gives their opinion. They're very welcoming to everybody. So it was just nice to see that kind of stuff, how much of a brotherhood it is there. Everyone there knows each other. So that's real nice.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. Um, and it's also cool that you found um, like you said through Dave, it sounds like there was like a subset of that training program that you entered. It's you couldn't just walk off the street per se and fly out to um Sacramento on your own. It sounds like you had the setup. And that goes for say the name of it again. How would somebody do it if they were interested in it themselves?
1: It's called Train with Tam. Um T-A-M is Team Alpha Male. They have an Instagram. You could it's on their website. They have like housing and stuff there. And, yeah, that's what's the crazy thing. I got there. And I guess Uriah and Dave don't communicate with anybody at the gym. That's the first thing they said at the gym. I get there. I'm like, hey, I'm doing the train with TAM program. This is my first day. And they're like, oh, let me talk to to uh, Uriah. And they're like, Uriah didn't tell us that. And I sat there for 20 minutes waiting for Uriah to pick up the phone to say, hey, Dylan's good to go in. And uh, he's like, you have no idea how many people come in here every day say, hey, I know Uriah back from high school. He told me to come train. And uh, so they take it, they take it pretty serious, but you just got to fill out a form and, you know, there's contact numbers there you got to talk to. And sure, I, I, I recommend it to everybody, everyone that's fighting at 35, 45, I, it was a blast. I can't wait to go back. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's a great thing to recognize. I think teams have to large teams have to figure out a way to still be accessible to fighters because you grow from fighters, but also keep people safe and not just take uh, people that might not really know what they're doing or yeah hurt people and also that goes out to people if you if you want to train at a gym that's maybe not team alpha male contact them i mean the worst thing that they can say is no if you're listening to this and you have a favorite big uh team or a favorite big camp that you're interested in contact them through social media i think people are way more accessible than they used to be and
1: yeah for sure
0: you all the time so that's great advice there what what fun or i don't know if you even did a social thing but what what's something you did on your off time or for fun? I mean, you're out there during a pandemic. California was really hit and they have really strict rules. So did you hang out with the other guys or kind of what, what happened there?
1: Well, a week into it, I had a roommate, um, Cody's a pony. He's from New York and, uh, he was out at or up at TriStar for like three months. Um, and then he came to, he went back home for a little bit and then came back to, came out to Sacramento. Um, but outside of that, I, there, you know, nothing was really open. I went out to eat, uh, one or two times, but other than that, I, I, I had fun grocery shopping. Like, you know, I went to the gym and got, I got steaks and chicken and stuff afterwards. And I I sat in there and I cooked and I was at the gym twice a day. And the days that it was just, that I only had to go once I'd go outside and run. The first time I went for a run, it was 107 degrees. And it was when California was on fire still. So breathing was, it was terrible. I woke up the one day and there's ashes all over the car. And I had no idea what it was. I, I'd never experienced, you know, a city being on fire before. And uh, I'm looking at it, I'm like, did it snow in California? I'm like, what is this stuff? And then I go into the gym and Uriah has an Instagram story. He's like, look at all this ash. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Like that was before I even knew it was on fire. And uh, he said, this was like the worst that it's been like in years. So, but no, there's nothing. They were real strict. You know, you go in, you get your food, you go out. And outside of that, I was there twice a day, you know, going on runs, taking super serious. I can't be slacking with, you know, I'm only there for two weeks. I want to make the best out of my opportunity.
0: Well, absolutely. That's the, the level of, um, <laughs> Focus you need. Now, speaking of focus, you get back from that gym. And how quickly did you get set up with that boxing fight that you took September 19th?
1: Um, I accepted it my last day uh that I was there. And I said, Yo, you're right. I took a boxing fight. He goes, Oh, well, wait. I said 160. He goes, What do you weigh now? I'm like, 154, 155. He's like, Be careful. I'm like, Yeah, you know, boxing, you know, I figure nobody's really cut weight in amateur boxing. Uh i you know, I told Eric, asked him if I could take it. He said, Yeah. And uh, it was USA Boxing. I don't even remember where it was.
0: Um, Was that a baseball field, right? Yeah, it was
1: at some baseball field in uh, Plains. I think it was Plains, Pennsylvania, out by, like, Scranton, Wilkesburg area. And, uh, you know, it was outside in the cold. And it was – I fought at 9 o'clock in a tank top and boxing shorts. It was 40 degrees. And I'm like, oh, man, I I don't recommend fighting outside again. It's not even that I got tired, but it's just, like, you know, the cold air in your lungs and just all you taste is that, like, Like, you just feel your lungs getting heavy. And as soon as I felt that feeling, I'm like, oh, man, I got to get out of here. So I finished the fight in the second round. And I'm like, I don't want to do that outside again.
0: I was actually going to ask you what it's like fighting outside, but you already told us. I I think to some degree, hot might be worse. There was a few years ago, a a MMA promotion put on in Lancaster, put on an event um, in like mid-August. And it was one of those 97 degrees. Warning red, you know what they call it like a red day or warning yeah. people go outside. And they ended up having to shorten the rounds on amateur from two minutes to one minute
1: oh, and man. on
0: pro from five minutes to three minutes because they were afraid. That was like the state making those decisions because they were afraid of people having heat exhaustion, heat stroke, whatever. So you're gonna say it might look cool in the photos. It looked really cool for you to be outside. Yeah, it was
1: a nice setup being under the bright lights and stuff. Yeah. Man, fighting. It, you know, I not like it's not that you're tired, but it's just like you feel like breathing is getting harder and harder. And I've, a lot of the fights didn't go to a decision, which is very impressive. um It was it was it was set up nicely. They did a fight um the week after that, but I couldn't get an opponent for that. I wanted to fight that next week and I would I paid 100 bucks for my boxing license. So, you know, I might as well keep boxing if uh, the opportunity presented itself. But there was nothing there for me to take.
0: So jumping into a different sport, you know, the mindset's a little different in boxing. Um, I watched most of your fight because you had it up on Facebook. It didn't last overly long. As you said, you you obviously moved really well. Um, Was there anything that was a bit weird being in boxing, given the fact that it's not necessarily your main discipline?
1: Uh, The shoes. I like being able to wear the shoes and, uh, you know, you could cut the angles real nice and uh, you you could see things, you know, I don't know. There's less you have to worry about, obviously, so you could be more free. And uh, in my first kickboxing fight, all Eric was yelling was throw a straight two to the body. The kid I was fighting was 6'2, 135 pounds. So, you know, he had a big long target. I heard him throwing uh, a two to the body. So I was afraid to duck down and, uh, you know, run into a knee or run into a kick in the face. And so I was like hesitant to throw that. But as soon as I heard him saying, you know, the two to the body's open, two to the body's open in this fight, I threw a two right down the middle. And, uh, you know, I faked down and I threw a looping overhand and that's what kind of ended the fight, that little sequel there. So you can see more things, you know, you feel you feel free. There's less less danger in a boxing fight, especially with headgear and, you know, against another debut boxer. So.
0: Yeah, and it looked like you said some nice things about him afterwards. What's it like to kind of get the camaraderie of of having a good fight with somebody and wanting him to succeed and obviously continue Learning boxing for him too.
1: Yeah, uh, I man, that's probably the hardest I've ever hit anybody to be honest. Um, especially with the big gloves, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I might have got hit once or twice in that fight, and I was I was loading up on everything. When I seen the skill like difference, you know, I kind of I kind of wanted to put him away, and you know, load, I was loading up on some stuff, and I, I hit him with everything I could, and his nose was bleeding, his mouth was bleeding, and he just he just kept coming forward. After the first round, there was two standing eight counts in the first round. The second round, he came out guns blazing. I'm like, oh man, this kid's tough. That's what I told him after. You know, he he said he's only been training for like a year or two. I told him to just stick with it. And he actually just commented on the poster that I posted, you know, telling me good luck and stuff. So there's people in the sport, you know, that you could be friends with and people that you're not friends with. So it's when you get a good person, then you know, keep in touch with them. Wish them luck. It is,
0: it is nice that you met somebody who's friendly and respectful and you guys seem to hit it off well. Um, when we look towards your opponent, I don't know if there's any interaction you've had is out and lose somebody that you've watched enough to kind of get a read on as an opponent, or is it just about the fact that one of you guys are going to leave this fight with a zero still in your record and one's not what's kind of the, the excitement headed into this fight.
1: It's a fight that somebody accepted. So, you know, I'm not going to say no to fight as soon as they told me, I said, yeah, I'll take it. But uh, I didn't know who he was prior to um, no, like, no disrespect. I actually didn't know who he was, but uh, then I look him up. I see he's two and O. Oh. Uh, I think he's ranked like eighth in Pennsylvania at 145, and he's training out of a good gym, training out of what's stout fitness. So, yeah. you know, that's exciting. I, I i watched his fights, I looked at Eric, and he said, That's a good fight for you. Just a wrestler with a loop and overhand. And I think everyone that's going to fight me is going to want to, you know, take me down and try to hold me down. And it's going to be the same game plan as always, you know, stand up, knock him out if he gets me down. Uh, he leaves his head open for a guillotine, so I could see that being a finish, but you know, I go in there trying to get a finish. So, uh, I'm looking for big things after this fight. You know, I have a title fight, uh, hopefully, with another promotion sometime after this. So, um, you know, I just want to get in there and, you know, put them away and we'll see what the offers are after that fight.
0: It does sound great that you are uh, looking at a title shot. Um, I don't believe this fight is uh, is cleared for advanced amateur rules. How excited mm-hmm. are you? Uh, for people that don't know, to my knowledge, you need three amateur fights in Pennsylvania. And after those three, you have to have at least a 2 and one record. Um, and obviously, uh, you're right there, but you don't have the third fight. Um, how much are you looking forward to advanced amateur rules in Pennsylvania?
1: Really, I'm really excited. You know, you can add head kicks in. Uh, in the kickboxing fights, I landed a lot of head kicks. So uh, that'll be nice to incorporate, you know, no shin guards. Um, I, I kick pretty hard. So, you know, if I'm beating up with calf kicks or, you know, kicks to the thigh, think that's really gonna stop a lot of people. And uh, you know, they still hurt with shin guards. They do still hurt with shin guards. And when you look back on my first MMA fight, uh, with like 40 seconds left, I took the kid down, just you know, get some ground time. And uh I was throwing elbows to the body. And when you look back at it, you're like, man, if you if there was elbows to the face or there was punches to the face, you're like, this fight probably would have made it out of the first round. Mm-hmm. So there's you know, there's things you have to look forward to and obviously there's caution with you getting taken down and getting punched in the face. But uh you know it's nothing that I'm not ready for. So as soon as this fight's over, first advanced amateur fight they offer me, I'm going to take it.
0: Absolutely. That sounds great. And for people that may not know you, uh, you made a big splash in the kickboxing scene. That's how we first met each other uh, back during your kickboxing days. How are, how motivated are you to stay in the kickboxing world? Will you continue to take fights through USKA, for example, Um, or are you focusing more on MMA?
1: Whatever's there, you know, if there's a dry spell in MMA, Gary texts me and says, hey, we have a fight for you. I'm going to take it. Um, Mike Bickings, order of war promoter, he's always offered me. You know, he's always keeping in touch with me. He's working on stuff. Ryan is working on this. i seen Gary has a fight card. Uh, he's ready to announce when it is tomorrow at noon. So if that's sometime in between this fight or after this fight, you know, I'll gladly step in there. It's big gloves, shin guards, headgear. Probably not going to get hurt. Uh, so, you know, kind of whatever's there, you know, boxing, kickboxing, MMA, jiu-jitsu competitions, whatever it is, I'm going to take it.
0: Well, you just ran down, I think, three of the better promotions in Pennsylvania. Obviously, Art of War, Mike Bickens, um, does a great job in the Philadelphia-Lancaster kind of area. And then USKA being focused specifically on kickboxing. It's really necessary, I think, for a lot of people, particularly people that don't come from a kickboxing background and maybe want to practice that, or you who have a lot of kickboxing experience. And then, of course, 247, I think, Ryan's doing an incredible job out here. So, um, you're a Pennsylvania kid. Do, do you eventually kind of want to go, um, into maybe another state to kind of be the non, you know, the non-state boy, kind of the kid from Pennsylvania coming in, Would you start traveling to enemy territory. I mean, you already are, but I mean, do you think it'll make a difference if you got on a plane for a fight? Kind of talk about that in the future.
1: I don't think it would make any difference. You know, you're going there to do the same thing. You get there a week early. You know, you get to focus. You get to feel the atmosphere. Um, You know, if CFFC offers something that's in New Jersey, you know, that's a travel. Pittsburgh's further than New Jersey for me, so it's a six-hour drive for me. So, uh, you know, whoever whoever offers a fight, you know, I'm not going to say no to a fight. So wherever it is, if I got to fly, they better be paying for the tickets and stuff to get me and Eric and stuff on the plane. But, uh, you know no, it's just whatever, whatever they offer. I've never turned down a fight. So
0: you just have an incredible attitude and you've been training, um, since your teenage years, but now that you're, you know, almost three MMA fights in and obviously you trained for an entire other fight that didn't happen. Um, are you, are you fully on MMA now, as far as you want to keep building that up? I mean, obviously you have some talent and it's always about talent, but also work. And you got to put both of those together.
1: Yeah, um obviously I'm, I'm gonna stick with MMA, but uh like I said, you know, build up an amateur record, you know, I want to get a couple amateur titles titles. Eric just opened up the new gym. So I'd like to put a couple belts on the wall. Um, you know, eventually turn pro, stick with MMA if they offer a pro kickboxing fight or a pro boxing fight, you know, whatever. Uh there's a couple, you know, you just gotta take whatever you can get. Um strictly MMA, yeah. If I have an MMA fight coming up and I get offered a different fight, then obviously if I'm pro, you know, you can't can't be risking stuff like that. But uh you know strictly MMA you know I feel a lot better in there I feel a lot more comfortable people would think you know you feel safer with the big gloves and the headgear and the shin guards and stuff but uh, I like having the little gloves on and there's more risk so you're more aware you know you're kind of more attentive attentive to what's going on you know you you can't make any mistakes which makes me feel uh makes me feel safer because in kickboxing you can get a little lazy and get stupid because you got big gloves and headgear on and then bam next thing you know you're he lost the fight. So with MMA, you know, you can't go in there and make any mistakes, which I really like, you know, I like the pressure. Uh I like the pressure on my shoulders to go in there and uh, compete with the best people around me. So
0: sure. I mean, that's a great mindset to know. I having I've announced and, and been around the, the boxing and kickboxing world. And one of the things that I think fans I've actually heard them say is, oh, it, it's not that dangerous they're wearing shin guards and headgear people still get knocked out awfully in in kickboxing and boxing even with headgear and big gloves and and shin guards and I think sometimes like you pointed out they they even get knocked out more because there's there's a illusion of protection or illusion of safety um and obviously I'm glad they have those protectives but um it's it's no more safe than MMA and in fact as you pointed out you feel like MMA keeps you on your toes now i did just want to point out this is a shout out uh to bill Algio. i don't know if you ever bumped into him or met him um but he's a mma fighter um but he is also during his mma career jumped on cards as muay thai as a pro muay thai fighter for uska so he's an example of a guy that has somehow been able to do both mma and pro muay thai at the same time so hats off to him and maybe that's something you'll do down the road maybe it's not let's get to um, the prediction, time. Uh, you know, obviously, um, you got a fight coming up and it's, it's time to kind of say, what's your mindset? What's the prediction, or at least what are you feeling coming into this fight?
1: I feel, uh, you know, the most ready I have coming into a fight, you know, at the beginning of all this, you're kind of just sitting there waiting and waiting, not knowing when it's going to end. But now, you know, people are putting on shows and, uh, I was able to compete once in front of a limited crowd. So, uh, Obviously the more people the better. I think Ryan messaged me and said six thousand people fit in this venue. And you know, I would love for six thousand people to be there. I would because that's six thousand people that are gonna remember me. Um, so I'd really like to go out there and put on a show. I think he said 700 is a max capacity, but uh you know, I want to go out there and get a finish, probably second round. My last two fights are second round TKOs. So uh, you know, I'll try to keep that streak going. Uh cool. so that will be my I'll put them away in the second round, whether it's a a choke or a, a knockout. I think uh you know, we, we were playing a game today at the gym. We're up against the wall. You have to fight off the wall. And, uh, you know, I was defending takedowns from six, seven, eight fresh people. Um, 200-pound 200, 200 guy, you know, I defended his takedown. And I, I feel confident. Um, That's every, that's what everybody's going to want to do. They're going to want to take me down. They're going to see my striking and be like, I don't want to stand in front of this kid. And I think after the first round, um, you know, I'm going to hit him with a jab, hit him with a left hand, and he's going to shoot for a takedown. He's not going to get it, and that's, that's kind of demoralizing. Uh, when you can't dictate the, dictate the pace of the fight, you can't tell where it's going to go. Um, so I think after the first round, he'll probably go to the, go to the stool a little bit, demoralized, not knowing what to do. And uh, I think I'll be able to put him away in the second round.
0: Well, that's a great game plan to have. And it's also great. You know, you've already shouted him out, but mid war, world martial arts, great that they're doing drills that actually connect directly to MMA, you know, doing stuff that gives you confidence and gives you the experience. So, uh, I'm really grateful that you came on the show today for everybody that's listening, please get your tickets. As Dylan said, it's a limited crowd. I believe it's a 15% occupancy crowd because of the rules, it's going to be at the Monroeville convention center, which is a massive convention center. As you pointed out, it would fit thousands and thousands of people, but they're going to max it out way under that because of the COVID restrictions. Um, so check out online. That's two four seven fighting.com to get your tickets. There is an event uh, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. You're not fighting on that. But if people want to check that out, your fight's going to be the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Thanks so much for killing me on the show, Dylan.
1: Thank you.